Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome in to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. The official podcast of your New Orleans Pelicans. A podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. It's time to flock up. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Pelicans podcast, the New Orleans Pelicans official podcast. And what a night it was over at the Smoothie King Center in the blender as everything was working. All the ingredients. See what I just did there? Jim Eikenhoff from Pelicans.com. Do you see what I just did there? I did, man. You're cooking already. I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever. But last night, Pelicans setting a franchise record with 153 points, 41 assists. Head coach Willie Green has his thoughts on that. First and foremost, this is what it sounded like on the Pelicans radio network when you score that many points. Steal. Up the floor, alley-oop, Trey from Najee. It's Lanyap. It's a franchise record, 150 points. It's never happened before. Ever. Head coach Willie Green on setting that franchise record. You guys started this with that conversation we had earlier about the offense exploding. So <laughs> you know, we wanted to make sure we we held we held up our end of the bargain, but um. It was, it was just an incredible performance uh, by the guys in that locker room, you know, sharing the basketball, touching the paint, kick out for threes, rebounding the ball. And um, I continue to say it, it goes back to our defense. When we can get stops, when we can rebound, and we play, play in the open floor, it's some of our best basketball. It's a really fun game to be a part of. As I mentioned, 41 assists. I know Jim and I are going to talk about that, especially with our guest, Will Guillory, who's coming up next segment. What coach had to say about sharing the ball 41 times? Trust. Uh, that's what it comes down to. Uh, all of us, our players, everybody on the staff, the coaches, staff, like everybody just continue to trust, trust in each other. And you have to do it even more when you play against the best teams like Phoenix. Um, when I say Phoenix, that was our last game. Continue to trust each other. Continue to trust that if you make the right plays on both ends of the floor, the guy next to you is more than capable. And, and the energy, the ball finds energy. So I'm proud of our group. We all are. We're proud of this group. 
um, you know, having the response that they had after last game, and we want to continue to build on it. And shockingly, maybe perhaps the key sequence to the entire game was this. Sex oh, into the rack. Herb to the rescue. Blocked by her. Back the other way. Ingram. Euro step. Finger roll with a right hand. You better get back. Herb to the rescue. Herb saved it. Somehow to Ingram. Shovels to her. Behind the back to Z. Herb to the rescue. Herbert K. Jones. A one-man wrecking crew. Two-hand dunk, and it's all because of Herbert Keyshawn Jones. Herb with the block. Herb with the save. Herb with the assist. Wow. I mean, I think that changed the game for us in the second half. Herb, like you said, he makes the block on Collins. We go down, score. I think they take the ball out. He gets the steal, dunk, timeout. Now it's a 12-point game um, or 10-point game, something like that. It changed, it changed the game for us. It changed the momentum. And, you know, you don't want the game to come down to those plays because we were playing well. They got back in it. But Herb Jones made two incredible plays that really changed the momentum of the game. All right, so that's head coach Willie Green, Jim, talking about how he thought that sequence with Herb Jones was big, but just overall, man, the night, 153 points, a big win against a team that's kind of had your number. And again, Aaron and I talked about at the end of the game, bouncing back after a tough loss. It's something this team has done, man. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, that was so much fun. It was kind of a, a pretty similar game as the Charlotte game to start this homestand. They definitely had a clunker in between on Friday against Phoenix, but to be able to come back the way that they did and play – that way it's it's incredible that we're at the point where i mean the offense is through the roof throughout the league and now the the pelicans are joining that as well really two of their last three games have been record-setting performances if you think about that they broke their record for threes last wednesday a week ago against the charlotte hornets and then they came within two of that they made 25 against charlotte 23 last night against utah so to have two of the best performances in franchise history happen over the span of a week is pretty incredible. And then also to break the record with 153 points, it it's, it's funny. It, it does feel a little bit like if you look at this collection of recent games, even going back 10, 12 games that the, the Friday performance against the, the Suns was really the outlier. They've been playing at a level. I mean, over the month of January and even going back further than that, it scoring 130, 140 points is not, it used to be like, oh, my goodness, this is unbelievable that they scored 130, 140. And now it's happening so frequently that it's like doesn't really, you know, raise eyebrows anymore. It's kind of like, yeah, they they do this all the time. They had 77 in the first half and 76 in the second half last night. It's just absurd. Some of these video game numbers that they're putting up. Yeah, I think one of the things that's interesting, too, just you look at this week alone, right? You had what Joel Embiid dropped 70, Carl Anthony Towns 62. I mean, you've seen KD dropped over 40 points, and he wasn't even the son that had the big night when Devin Booker dropped 52 yeah. against the Bells on Friday. Yep. And I've asked you this, I think, on the podcast, and I can't wait to ask Will this as well, because I actually had this conversation with Graf. Should we kind of, I wouldn't say lower the expectation level what defense is, but maybe have a better understanding because Willie kind of touched on that too. You just you're you're not gonna keep teams to 80, 90 points mm-hmm. yeah. at all. And if you do, it's a really good night or a bad night shooting for them. It is just harder. It's almost like 
You go almost, so it's almost like in football facing a team that scores a lot. Can you hold them to a field goal? Can you, you mm -hmm. know, keep them to two or three possessions where it's a two, not a three, while you make a three to get that separation? I kind of felt like that last night because Jazz wouldn't go away. Jazz wouldn't go away because of that three ball until the Pels started getting a couple of threes, two, three stops. Next thing you know, that lead is double digits. It's 20, it's 30, like that. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to recalibrate what you deem to be a good night defensively. I think it's more about looking at um, field goal percentages and can you keep a team under, you know, 50%? Can you limit their free throw attempts so that they're not getting easy points that way? And, I mean, this is hard to calculate as the game is going on, but I think a lot of teams are looking more now at efficiency as far as points per 100 possessions because the pace of the game has also been a factor that's made the scores go higher. There's just more, so many more possessions in games than there was 20 years ago. So now you have to look at, you know, 115 points per 100 possessions instead of just the raw score. But I mean, from a simplistic standpoint, it is at the point to what you're saying where you can't go into a game saying, man, if we don't hold these guys under a hundred points, it's a bad defensive night. It's just not realistic that teams are going to score a lot more points. And, you know, one of the f stats that I think I, talked about maybe on your talk show at ESPN locally is Sacramento set the all-time record for offensive efficiency in the history of the league last season. And there's actually seven teams this season that have a higher efficiency than that. So the Pelicans, the Pelicans are in ninth or 10th. I have to check somewhere around their ninth or 10th offensive efficiency. And they're not that far behind what Sacramento had last year as the greatest offense in the history of the league. So it just shows you the, the the way the direction is going, that you have to be much more reasonable about what you're capable of doing defensively. All right, time to welcome in our very special guest, Mr. Will Guillory, the athletic covers the NBA. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. And your New Orleans Pelicans, and right now is laughing at us. Jim can't even get his camera to work on Zoom. I'm at Zoom as well. We're experiencing what you normally do, Will. No water or no water pressure in Orleans Parish. I'm not used to these conditions. My dog won't even come in the room over here. Jim can't even put his camera on. We are out of sorts in Jefferson Parish with this right now. 
Yeah, this is a struggle pod, but we're going to push through and make it happen. You know what I mean? Because we got to give the people what they want. Yeah, I love that. Well, I tell you what, speaking of giving the people what they want, boy, did the Pelicans do that, right? We talked about it in the opening segment, Jim and I, about some of the takes that we got out of that game, being able to bounce back after a tough win, seeing the offense get going. But I, it was interesting that um, – Coach said it might have been Herb Jones that had the sequence of the night and all that, man. Just your overall thoughts, and we'll break down specifically what you thought of that game. But, man, what a night last night. Yeah, it was uh, incredible. And I think, you know, just something really just seeing nice like that, I really what I think about is just the, the progression that this team has made, you know, over such a short period of time last year. We were talking so often about them being nine for 27, six for 25, these games where they were just fighting just to keep up with some of these teams that were hitting 23s consistently. And now we're seeing this team making uh, 20 plus threes, you know, basically every other week now. It's crazy to see how far they've come and how James Borrego has come in and changed the offense, how Willie Green setting the priority in training camp is really starting to come to fruition with these guys really buying in on this style of offense, creating more threes and really adapting to the new NBA. And uh, man, it's what's really wild is that we saw them make all of these threes last night. And me and Jim were joking about it during the game. Trey Murphy couldn't buy a bucket, uh, arguably the best three point shooter on the team. He couldn't buy a bucket and they still made over 23 pointers franchise record and point score franchise record and assists. Uh, so yeah, uh, what's wild is they're doing this, and there's even potential for more down the down the road, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, by the way, um, my camera is. It's not that I didn't want anyone to see me today with my camera. I just, no, I'm not sure why I can't get it to work, and it's also not because I haven't showered. You know, with no running water. Yeah. So I'm just glad people can't smell this podcast that they can only hear it because things are a little rough right now. Yeah, but smell cast is not <laughs> need that in the future. If, whoever's inventing that in the future, save that. That doesn't need to happen. Yeah. Now, but but Will, you, you talked about, you know, some of the interactions that we had during the game last night. And I was laughing because when you mentioned that, because there was this, probably the most times that you've, you know, bumped me on the shoulder during the game and been like, <laughs> what the heck just happened? I mean, what did you think about just some of the highlight real nature of that game and also that Zion alley-oop? that one-handed dunk that I couldn't believe. No, I, I mean, we've commented a few times over the past couple of weeks. I think clearly we've seen Zion take another step uh, worth where he's at physically, the way he's moving, the way his burst uh, looks, uh, you know, so different now, the way he's leaping through the air. I mean, just the, the explosiveness he had last night is something that we didn't see, like, even in November or, or maybe even, like, early parts of December. He looks yeah. like a different person. You know, he joked about it last night, the saying that he still doesn't – he's still only about 88 90% of where he wants to be. Uh, but you could just see his progression and uh, not just – I think everybody's going to make the jokes about, oh, he's eating right now. He's lost weight since Vegas. But I think what you're really seeing with him now is just consistently playing, consistently practicing. And you're seeing him 
being able to just play basketball over and over again and, and build rather than, you know, just having 20 games and then he's done or 15 games and he's done. Like we've seen the past couple of years, mm-hmm. he's been able to stay consistent with his work that he's doing from night to night. And you see the progress uh, to where he is now. And I'm telling you that last night, that was maybe the most explosive we've seen Zion in years, uh, just the way he was moving around. Uh, he felt so confident playing point Zion. Uh, he even threw a curse word out there in the post-game press conference, so we know <laughs> he was feeling good. Uh, I just think it's been really uh, – it's just been really promising to see not just – you know, just his attitude and him having the smile on his face again and being happy about where the team is. But you see uh, just his body getting to the right place. And I think we've talked so often about, man, are we ever going to see Duke Zion again? Are we ever going to see him be that level of athlete? And I think what you saw last night was him kind of ramping up and getting to where he wants to be and where he believes he can be. And if he has even more to give, from where he was at last night, it could be scary because just like we talked about before, this team has shooters now. So you either got to stop the paint or you got to stop the three-point line. You can't stop both. I think you bring up a great point, both of y'all. And there's two instances that just popped in my head right now, Will, immediately that make me think exactly what you were saying. It's something I keep bringing up on the talk show. First and foremost, the crowd going bananas, the pop, when he was guarding Lonzo Ball, right? And when he stopped him from doing that. Uh, Lonzo Lamelo, and and you saw him get that defensive play and his enthusiasm for that, but the crowd also seen it. We've seen him block a couple of three point shots and things of that nature, but that play specifically against Ball, and then last night, as you mentioned, above the rim, that was legit. That was above the rim. That was energetic. But let's just go to before the game, right at practice, for Willie Green to say we're going to give him the basketball more early to get us started. Well, I think that says it even more about where he is physically because, A, coach has been adamant about slow starts and, you know, trying to make sure you start the game out well. And if you're going to give the ball to him, what you're telling me is you think he is in that kind of condition and he can handle that. And it's nuts. At halftime, he had six points, but he had eight assists. And you didn't even feel like it was like he wasn't contributing. But don't you think coach saying, hey, we're giving you the ball to initiate offense, I think that in itself tells you he thinks his conditioning's better. No, I think you're right on the money. And I think one thing you can say about Willie Green during his first three seasons with the Pels is he he has not catered to Zion Williamson. He's not come in and say we're giving we're running the whole offense through Zion and we're going to figure it out from there he he said hey Zion I mean Brandon Ingram's our leader we're running through stuff through CJ McCollum uh we're not just you know bowing down to Zion and just running our entire organization through him I I think he's made Zion kind of earn where he is through his work through his consistency uh through you know communication with his teammates I think they've put the, the pressure on him to really grow up as a basketball player and I think you seeing some of the fruits uh, of that labor of what Willie Green and the coaching staff has done with Zion. And I think it was a brilliant move by Willie Green and the coaching staff because of the way they work their rotations where Zion comes out early on. We've seen, we've seen a few times this year where Zion will play in the first six minutes, he won't get shots. And all of a sudden you see the end of the first quarter, Zion has two points, one of one from the field. And then this, at that point, it's kind of hard to get yourself into a rhythm because the offense is filtering through Brandon Ingram, because you got guys off the bench coming in and trying to get theirs. And we know Zion at his core is an unselfish player. So he's not going to be like a lot of guys that say, hey, I haven't shot the ball in a few minutes. I need the rock. I need to get my attempts up. 
Uh, so I think it was a, a really, really good move by the coaching staff to say, hey, if we know we're pulling Zion early in the fourth quarter, we're going to make sure he gets into a flow before he goes to the bench. So once he comes back, He's already running. He's already got a few shots up, maybe a few assists, and then it's easier for him to get himself into a flow rather than trying to get it started halfway through the second quarter. Uh, so I think, yeah, and, and I think for him, he said it over and over again, he just feels better when he's running point guard, when he's at the top of the key control in the game. I think you see his energy improve. I think you see just his his willingness to get downhill, make the right decisions. I, I just think you see him perk up because he enjoys playing the point guard position. And you said it exactly right, Gus. It's not that he wants to take every shot. He wants to get his teammates involved. He wants to make the right plays. And I think the more uh, he's kind of getting in better condition, and being able to make those plays, the more dangerous this team can be because we see the ways uh, CJ and B.I. are shooting the ball right now, and then you throw Jordan Hawkins in there and all the rest of these guys. So if he's getting downhill consistently, it just makes the game easier for everybody else. Yeah, well, you I think you used the word bouncy in one of your tweets, which I thought was a perfect way to describe the way that Zion looked. I mean, his energy was so high, the way he was getting up and down the floor, the way he was you know, getting above the rim for – a bunch of his dunks and some of his, his uh, other plays. Um, one of the things that you, you mentioned earlier that I wanted to touch on a little bit more was how much they, the team has improved three point shooting wise over the course of even the season. To me, a lot of times when I think of teams improving or players improving, I think of it as an off season thing, but it is interesting to me that even if you look at the way that they've been shooting over in the, from the perimeter, the last couple of weeks, even compared to the beginning of the season, October, November, it, it's incredible how much of a difference that has, has, has been. Um, also, I mean, what do you think about just and where this comes from as far as Herb, the way that Herb's been shooting threes and just overall, it just seems like, you know, you, you talked about how you get to, you make 25 threes last week, you make 23 last night and it's not Trey Murphy going for eight, 10 threes the way he has in some of his games. I mean, just the team just to be able to get to this point where they're making this many threes. Yeah. I mean, just to start off with Herb Jones, it's no secret. Uh, Jim, you're there just like me with Herb Jones. It's just the work. The guy puts in the work consistently every single day throughout the off season. The guy is committed to his craft and it's something we've seen since his rookie year. He's wanted to improve that three point shot and he hasn't done it with words. He's done it with his actions. He's in the gym every day working with Fred Vincent, working with the other PD guys. And I think he's gotten to this point just from, you know, 10,000 hours being in the gym, improving his fundamentals, improving where his elbows at, his follow through, you know, how his feet are on the catch. I think he's very, uh, he's put a lot of thought into how he can become a better shooter and where his shots can come from uh, because he understands and he's talked about it before. He's the guy that a lot of teams are going to target in that starting lineup and say, Hey, please Herb Jones, shoot the ball. So we don't have to worry about Zion and Brandon Ingram. You can have those corner three pointers. You can have those drip dribble handoff opportunities because you guys have so many other threats in the uh, in the starting lineup and I think he takes advantage of those opportunities so well I mean he just had a a really quiet 22 points last night and you mentioned it that he he had 22 points in the biggest moments for him in the game where that block and steal sequence uh because of course he's Herb Jones and defense is going to be first and foremost uh but I just think for him it's just the work he's put in and I think you just see the confidence uh it's just a whole different level with him offensively and as far as the team goes 
I think what we saw last year with them is that it's not like they couldn't shoot three-pointers. I mean, Trey Murphy is a 40% guy. CJ McCollum is a 40% guy. The issue was just getting the attempts up, right? It was just, and I think yeah. the, the what Willie Green has really changed this season is just the mindset for this team, just them hunting three-pointers, them, them looking for opportunities in transition. CJ McCollum is a guy who, who really went in-depth with it last night about how he's being very mindful of, hey, if I'm close to the three-point line, I'm getting behind the three-point line. I'm not hunting those middies anymore. I got to get three-point attempts up because if it's not me shooting them, then nobody will, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about that starting lineup. And I think the rest of the team is taking on that mentality that we have to get those shots up, even if it doesn't feel natural, If even if we're a team that likes to get downhill and get into the point, into the paint. In order to succeed in this in today's NBA, you gotta be able to make a high volume of three pointers. You gotta get them up, even if there's certain nights where you don't shoot them as well. You gotta at least give yourself an opportunity for that variance, uh, because it's a new day. I wrote this uh, last night in a different piece. You're not gonna win holding teams to 95 points in today's NBA. You gotta right. push for 120 every single night because these teams are so good offensively. You're not gonna get to that number taking 25 three pointers. You gotta be up there around 35, 40, 45 just for the math to work. And I think uh, what makes it even better for this team is that, like I said, they have high percentage three point shooters. So the more you take, the more you're going to make is Trey Murphy is going to have a whole bunch of nights where he's two for eight. We haven't seen one CJ McCollum night where he's two for eight. He's like, he's mm -hmm. four for four on threes every single game. Uh, so with this team, the more they get up, they give themselves a better chance because they have really good three point shooters. And it's just about them changing their mentality from where they were last year. Coach kind of maybe mentioned some things. Everything's on the table. We might see lineup changes, tinkerings to the starting lineup, but Larry started instead of Jonas in the second. Is that something we're going to see and expect? Was that expected for you? I mean, what, what do you think of that? Do you think we see more lineup changes or combinations? I can't lie to you. I I, I kind of had a, a smile on my face internally when I saw Willie Green do that, not because I necessarily think they should change the starting lineup, but we talk so much about the growth of this team and the maturity of guys over time. And I think what we don't talk enough about is how much Willie Green has matured as a head coach during his past few seasons. And I think uh, one complaint from a lot of the fan base with Willie Green, especially early on in his career, was that he was so stuck in this is how we're doing things. This is what my lineup looks like. This is the way we're going to play. And I think especially in year three, what we've seen so much from Willie Green is just the flexibility, the, willing to, the willingness to adjust, the willingness to say, okay, Maybe I need to put Jordan Hawkins in the rotation. Maybe we need to change things up with the starting lineup. Maybe we need to give a different look. And I think he deserves a lot of credit and his coaching staff for kind of pointing things out and adjusting on the fly. I think that's something fans are complaining about as well is that, hey, y'all come in with a game plan and y'all stick to it rather than adjusting during the course of the game, depending on what's happening. And I think what you saw last night was them saying, hey, we're really getting hurt by this spread five out offense that the Utah Jazz are using. So why not throw Larry Nance out there where he's more comfortable playing that style? And when Utah brings in Walker Kessler, 
that's when Jonas Valanciunas can does what he can do what he does down there in the paint. And I think what we're seeing more and more with Willie Green is his willingness to kind of see what's going on to the end the game and do something different. And I think that's what you see from the best coach. That's what you see from Eric Spoelstra, from Ty Lue, the guys who do it at the top, top, top of the game. Is their ability to see what's happening and do it on the fly rather than coming in the next day and saying, hey, well, we should have done this. I, I should have noticed this. Now we're seeing Willie Green see it and make the adjustment immediately, and that's what the great coaches do in this league. And when you have a team that runs 11, 12 deep the way the Pelicans do, you should be able to make those adjustments on the fly. You should be able to change up your lineups and do things differently because they have the talent to do it. And we're seeing Willie Green starting to push the right buttons. And I think that's another great sign for the Pels. Well, last thing for me, I don't want to put you on the spot and I can't think of anything more ridiculous than asking for predictions on the trade deadline. But I mean, what do you, what do you think is more likely as far as the Pelicans to to do? What's the most likely scenario do you think for the Pelicans in terms of, do they make a move? Do they make a tweak? Do they make a blockbuster trade where the entire roster is shipped out? No, I'm I'm kidding on that one. <laughs> what, what what do you think is what are you looking at as far as the trade deadline? I mean, with well, one thing we know about David Griffin is that he's always going to be involved, right? He's always talking. He's always looking for opportunities. And I think one thing he consistently does is he's always evaluating. Uh, the value of his players. And I think that's, we're going to always hear rumors about the Pelicans, not necessarily because they're making moves, but he's always trying to be aware of what's going on. And I think uh, the one thing that we've said from the beginning is that uh, it was probably from day one, we all kind of anticipated them making a move, particularly with Kyra Lewis to get under the luxury tax. That was a big one for them. Uh, So they got that done. And And I think looking at the roster now, of course, there's always going to be that temptation to kind of improve the center position, set yourself up for the future there. Uh, but I think my personal prediction is that I don't think they really make any drastic moves. I don't think I think they really love this chorus, something we talked about before. Mm-hmm. They love the way these guys bond in the locker room. They love the fact that they have continuity over two, three years with these guys playing together. And I, I really think they want to maintain this as long as they can. Uh, so I don't anticipate them making any crazy moves. Uh, I think they'll be sniffing around to certain things, but I think uh, my prediction is that this roster pretty much looks the way it does now for the rest of the season. Yeah, and look, I, I look at it this way. I was talking about it at the very beginning of this podcast, Will, here in the final minute. It, it's a three-way tie going into Wednesday's action in the NBA in the Western Conference, and I just, I just think you have to see – what and how these teams are in series, right? Like I don't expect Devin Booker to drop 52 and four straight games and get swept. So I, I, I think the scoring may come down, but just look at this week. You had 70 for me bead 62 by call Anthony down. I just, I, I, I want to, I have to see playoff action to, to see what I need to, to tinker with and then do, because sometimes your big moves may not go according to plan <laughs> Milwaukee. Right. So let's see what happens. Exactly. And sometimes you don't really learn about your team until you see them in a playoff environment, right? When you see teams adjust to you and take away certain things, that's when you say, okay, we got to make this move. We need this. And, again, we, we 
always sleeping with this team as we've never seen Zion Williamson play in a, in a playoff game. We don't know what that looks like. We don't know how teams are going to adjust to him. Uh, so I think you got to give this team a chance to see what it looks like and see how Willie Green can make certain moves. And I think then you're going to see this team be more aggressive about what the roster looks like. But I think they're just enjoying the growth of this team and just the chemistry they're building up, and they just want to see how far it can go. All right, it just popped up on my screen. That's why you heard maybe the ESPN little you know sounder in there. It is official. Doc Rivers is your head coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. So that just adds a whole right other layer all. to that game on Saturday, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we haven't even talked about this. This next three-game stretch is going to be oh, brutal for the Pelicans when you go OKC, Milwaukee, Boston, you know, three of the best teams in the NBA. And with Milwaukee, we know every time they see the Pelicans, Giannis Antetokounmpo is a, is a major problem. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, he had, I think he had a 50-point game last year against the Pelicans. So, I think, yeah, that's going to be the major test. And, and one thing we haven't seen too often is Giannis versus Zion. So, especially this version of Zion. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun to see what that looks like. Uh, as always, man, appreciate the time, Will. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Will. All right, our thanks to Will Guillory. Jim, all right, you you doomed the Dallas Mavericks. Which team this week are you dooming? Yes, I'm really going for – I'm going big game hunting this week, Gus, because the team to watch last week, as you mentioned, was the Mavericks. They went 0-2. They lost by 17 to the Lakers, lost by nine to the Celtics. It was a pretty tough schedule. They also did have a game at Golden State was that was postponed, and as people know, the unfortunate circumstances behind that with the yes. Warriors. But the team to watch this week is going to be the Phoenix Suns. Now, this is my biggest challenge so far of the season because they are on a six-game winning streak. They've been one of the hottest teams in the league. They won by a big margin at New Orleans last week, as, as everyone who listens to the show mm-hmm. fully well knows. Their schedule this week is pretty tough, and actually they're starting a seven-game road trip. So that was part of why I picked them, because not only just the fact that they've been playing so well, but the slate that they have coming up is pretty interesting and pretty challenging. So tonight they're at Dallas, which is a game that's on ABC, national, nationally televised. Right. Friday at Indiana, Sunday at Orlando, and then Monday at Miami. So pretty tough four games they have coming up. Yeah. They're 25 and 18 right now, which is a half game behind the Pelicans who are 26 and 18. You know, honestly, Gus, I feel like there's a good chance. I mean, this is always subject to change, but I feel like over the next few weeks, it's very possible that my team to watch is going to keep rotating between the collection of, of squads that are really tight with the Pelicans and the standings. That being, you know, the Mavericks, the, the Suns, the Kings, uh, teams like that. So, I mean, there's there's several teams that are kind of right there fighting for a spot. So I'm curious to see what happens over the next week or so if, if the Pelicans can can keep or add to the slight, very narrow lead that they have over the Suns, or whether the whether Phoenix can keep this winning streak going. I mean, if we come back a week from now and Phoenix is still on a winning streak, I think it's def. If it isn't already, it's time for the rest of the Western Conference to look out because yeah. that team is on a roll right now. But look, I mean, that's the thing with that guy. I told you about it beforehand. It's not because it's anything he's done to me personally. Maybe it's because he hugged C.J. McCollum in the postseason. It's just Devin Booker can score, man. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. when Kevin Durant is the, well, I guess I'll drop 47 the next night. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's hard. And Beal's pretty solid, too. So, uh, again, I think what's going to be interesting, and it's something we can discuss, you know, moving forward too, Will, is we're going to see instances, I think, on a game night, 
why teams are really hard to beat when you have those kind of scores all the time. Sure. I think series in the postseason is going to be different because I do mm -hmm. think then the bench comes into play. I do think depth comes into play. I, I do think at that point it's going to be like that, right? Like Devin Booker's not going to drop 52 four straight games and you get swept four up. That's just not going right. to happen. Mm -hmm. So, and that, that's why I think it's going to be interesting come this postseason how all these teams that have those big collective scores, scoring goes down in postseason. Graf mm -hmm. brings it up all the time. He's like, relax. The calls aren't going to be like they are now, ticky-tack. You're going to be allowed to be more physical, which is something that we were talking about with the Pels. is something to keep an eye on because teams have been more physical on the Pels. They haven't handled it. So maybe right. it's a good thing that they're dealing with it now in January because come the postseason, they're better prepared for that because they talked about it after the Suns. They talked about it after the Clippers for sure and Denver as well. And you always hear Willie Green say, you know, when they have big nights, the opponents, they didn't feel us. So there's clearly a physicality thing. I think when teams have good scoring, it's who's allowed to be more physical. It's something to keep an eye on, I think. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think in terms of, you know, the Clippers and the Suns, two teams that the Pelicans have str struggled against in their most recent matchup. I'm curious with with both of those teams because. I want to see what how the Pelicans do against them. They don't play either of them anytime really soon. Um, they have the Clippers on February 7th. I guess that's relatively close to now. But other than that, they don't play Phoenix again until April. So, you know, where will the Pelicans be by the by the last month of the regular season? Mm -hmm. um, two more games against them, the Suns, in the beginning of, of uh, April that are going to determine the tiebreaker. So I think we're seeing in the Western Conference to kind of sum, sum this up, I mean – Teams like Phoenix and the Clippers, they started off the season rough and you started to wonder, like, you know, are these teams going to struggle this way all season? And I think the way that both of them have played lately has shown that, you know, no, they're they're going to be forces to be reckoned with, you know, come the postseason. And they're going to be right there in the mix for, you know, maybe even contending for the conference championship. So I'm curious to see if there's other teams that break out among that group of teams that really have struggled at the beginning of the season, obviously be better for the Pelicans. If none right. of those teams get it together that, you know what we're talking about Lakers and um, some of the other squads like Sacramento has really been struggling lately. Um, but it it's definitely the case right now that, uh, you know, Phoenix has definitely got for me has gotten back into that collection of teams that you have to be concerned about. All right, Jim, as always appreciate the time, sir. We'll talk to you at the end of the week against a, very big opponent in Oklahoma City, who after the Pels won, you wake up Wednesday morning, their tie is a three-way tie for first place in the Western Conference. So we'll get into all of that on Friday because I don't know what the standings are going to be, but I do know OKC is going to be right up there at the top as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. I know we didn't get into OKC too much in this show, but that's fine because we got plenty of time to discuss the Thunder on Friday. No doubt. That's Jim Eichenhofer. Pelicans.com as always. Give him a follow on X and on Twitter. Jim underscore Eichenhofer. And we thank you, as always, for tuning in to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. We'll see you on Friday right here. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or where you get your podcast. And be sure to give Jim and Gus a follow on X at Jim underscore Eichenhofer and GCAT underscore 17. 
We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.